Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to Business Builder Show, where we feature champions in their respective industries from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today, we're going to talk about how to design work that works for you. And we'll do that with Mari Casey. Now, Mari is the founder of Uncompany. And it's, she went from being an ad agency art director, then turned into freelancer, and then turned into entrepreneur. After leaving the full-time agency space, she set out into the freelance only to discover a void between the quickly growing talent pool of freelance consultants and clients looking to connect with this resource. After starting Uncompany in 2015, the business has grown to a network of over 500 working freelancers with clients all over the world. Uncompany has been written up in Forbes, Triangle Business Journal, uh, Grep, Bet, and others as a growing startup and on the cusp of the independent working and gig economy boom mari it's great to have you here with us yes thank you great to be here that was a mouthful <laughs> you did very good that was a great read okay thank you thank you thank you so uh so you've got a very interesting company so start off by telling us uh mari who you serve yeah, so we um, we definitely served kind of a two-sided market. So I would say we serve clients, and for us that means brands. It also means uh, agencies and advertising agencies and creative agencies. So that's kind of our client list. And then the other side is just freelancers. And that can mean we call them um, current freelancers, new freelancers, growing freelancers, and we also call like the freelance curious. So people who are looking to, to leave traditional working and make a, make a go at independent working. So all those all those sides. So I know there's an intersection, but uh, so tell us about the problems that you solve for clients and then the problems also that you'd solve for this uh, group of freelancers that you have attracted to your company. Yeah, so it really kind of started when I, I left full-time agency life to start freelancing. And that was in 20, um, 2009, 2010. And really, I mean, freelancing has been around for a long time. I think it's it's gaining exposure, especially post-COVID. But for me, when I started working as an independent, um, I really kind of felt the void of how do I work and run this business? How do I, as an individual, how do I figure out how to build a business, how to grow a business, how to scale a business, how do I, how do I connect to the right clients? All of those pieces, and that was even outside of like taxes and compliance and legal and all of the stuff that, you know, kind of goes along with all of a sudden wearing multiple hats and as an individual person you know coming out of a full-time traditional work workspace all of those things are really pretty much dropped in my lap and you just you don't know what you don't know until you have to know it when you're starting a business and so that was very much like you know me trying to find contracts and, and templates and documents all over the internet and asking the right people and figuring out how to price myself you know and so i saw that need from my own perspective and then also I, as a freelancer and kind of working on, you know, the client and the agency side, I experienced what it was like to be a brand or an agency who was trying to partner with all these individual business owners. And so, as you can imagine, being a business, you know, you have your own operating process and your procedures and expectations and communication styles. And then you see the value of working with freelancers and independents, but all of them have their own operating process. And so it becomes this kind of 
you know, spaghetti bowl of, of systems breakdown where it becomes really hard and there's tons of friction points between finding the right contract or getting them to work into your system, getting them paid, all that stuff. And so for really for us, what we realized was there was an opportunity for us to kind of reduce the friction points um, of all those things. And so the first place we started was how do we make working with this kind of unconventional working a lot more workable, a lot easier, because, you know, if we can reduce friction with that piece, then it makes um, it makes it easier for clients to work with freelancers. It makes it easier for freelancers to work with clients and, and thus like build and grow their business. And so one of our main pillars is um, what we call opportunities, which is essentially job placement and that kind of piece of it. And we have three kind of core services that work under that. It's traditional project-based working, which you see kind of across the board. And that can be anything from, you know, a three-day project to a six-month project. It can be pretty expansive and it can be one person. It can be a team of people. What we really do is like work with the clients to identify what the need is, what their scope is, and then fulfill that need with the right team or the right individuals. Uh, we do traditional recruiting where we're doing contracts and we're doing full-time placement. And then the third piece, which I think is really the most unique service of what we do for, for the job placement piece is what we call uncompany on deck. And that really kind of came out of a need of working through job placements. where We realized a lot of what was happening with freelance work and kind of gig work was these very task-based projects. And you see it a lot with other businesses like TaskRabbit and all these things that are popping up, but it's, it's these small little things. It's just like, we call it like the death of a thousand paper cuts that are the little projects that are stacking up in marketing teams. It's content creation and social media and PowerPoint presentation decks and that type of stuff. And we realized with the traditional model of how freelance and projects were working, you know, it was such a time suck to put together contracts for every three hour presentation design project or every content project. And so now with OnDeck, what we do is we work very proactively. We meet with our clients before there's any kind of work to do. And we build out a whole team of people and everybody is set up prior to there being any kind of work done. They're on contract and kind of locked in for a year. It's all hourly based. It's all very transparent and it allows allows the client to have essentially like a, a, a kind of an earmarked team of freelancers ready who understand their business and the freelancers have, you know, kind of quick access to the client so they can jump in really quickly. So we kind of describe it to clients as like, this is like your SEAL team six of talents. Like they know you, they know the business, they're ready to jump in quickly. Uh, they're highly trained. And then we have our freelancers. It's like, you're kind of on the list to get in the club. Very, you know, you're behind the velvet rope essentially. And so oh, that you. process and system has allowed um, our freelancers to have regular working, have, you know, kind of start to build community with each other as well as with the client. So really that's, that is the biggest piece of kind of what we started to build was let's find a way to make that, um, that process of working with freelancers a lot more seamless and a lot, and a lot less friction. So uh, I think uh, it would be extremely helpful if uh, off the top of your head, you could remember a, a case study or two and maybe kind of walk us through uh you know, how a, uh, a uh, client would find you, uh, then how you go about figuring out the scope and how you would build the team. And if it takes a couple of case study stories, be fantastic. So kind of yeah. walk us through the story, soup to nuts, if you will. Okay. Um, well, so typically clients will find us either through word of mouth or through our website. Um, and we can get any number of things. So a lot of times they'll come in for one small thing and it'll usually be a pretty typical, like I need someone to write content materials, like be content writing or presentation design. So it's kind of, they'll come in the door with that. 
And then we'll start to kind of go through all of our services and say, we can also do all these things. And the more we get to know them, the more we get to know what we can help them with. Um, and so what we do is we'll, we'll get them all set up internally with all of our systems. And then as a project comes in, if it's a project-based, you know, client, then they fill out a, they fill out a form. It's almost like a build a brief. So it's like, you know, what is your purpose? What are you looking for? What are your timeline, deliverables, budget? And we ask for all that information because the goal with us is to be as transparent as possible with both our clients and our freelancers. Like they're paying for a service. We're delivering a service. There's no reason to be, you know, black box about the, the costs and things like that. We're very transparent because a lot of times we've realized with what the freelancers are charging, what the clients are billing, there just needs to be communication. So there's an understanding of what things cost. And so what we do is when a project comes in, we collect the details from the client. We get to know the client, we get to know our freelancers. So we know what a good fit is for work. Uh, and then we'll basically take that scope of work and we'll kind of share it with the database. And what we do is we might tag a couple different freelancers or put a couple different teams to bid on it. We don't tag cloud everybody because we really do our best in a way to know this person, this freelancer, this team loves this type of work. And so our goal is not just deliver people on projects. It's really to be like, okay, this person will work on this project. And since they like this client and like this work, there'll be an ongoing trusted uh, vendor relationship with this client. So once we find the right people, we allow the freelancer or the team to then counter bid against the project. So they can ask questions. They can say, yes, this looks good, but my estimate's a little bit higher and here's why. And the reason why we operate like that is because, you know, I came from a, you know, independent freelancing background. And so we see everybody we work with as their own business. I don't care if they're like a multi-billion dollar company or if they're a business of one, they still deserve the respect to like trust their business and let them run their business. And so we let them counter bid, we take their bid, their bio, their proposal, we share it with the client and we'll advocate for like, here's why this person's a good fit. Here's why their estimate maybe is a little bit higher. It's all just information. And then the client has the opportunity to do a final interview or ask a few questions. And then it's really us just in the background setting up paperwork and processing. And then the relationship is really managed between, you know, the freelancer or the team and the client. We're kind of out of the middle of it. So uh, I know that you've got a, a very competitive environment you're in. And so tell us how you're different. Your firm, uh, Uncompany, is different from all those competitors out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always an interesting question because they're like, well, tell us, you know, are you this? Are you this? Are you this? And our workers' comp insurance uh, brokers get crazy because I'm like, no, we're not quite that code and we're not quite that code. And we're like, <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And so we kind of describe ourselves as a, a hybrid between a staffing company, a community of, you know, freelancers, you know, in a small business. And we really are, like, we really are kind of playing all those roles. And so we are partially competitive, you know, I would say competitors would be the traditional platforms that are existing the upwork has been around forever which is guru which is freelancer.com um those are the the ones that have been around forever and then there's a ton of smaller ones that are coming up now that all have different models sometimes they have the double-sided marketplace um sometimes they're doing placement we are rosie is one out of atlanta um you know there's working not working which is more advertising focused um, but there's a ton of different ones on that side from a platform perspective and then we have our traditional recruiting agencies robert half uh, resource, green resources, all these different types of recruiting companies that exist. Um, and then I would say just fear, <laughs> you know, unknowingness as far as like people not knowing how to start a business and take that jump. You know, I think a lot of times uh, healthcare, you know, especially where we live, that tends to be a barrier for people who want to make a, a, a adjustment from a traditional working into independent working. And those barriers are usually finances, healthcare, 
a little bit of unknownness. And so a lot of what we try to do too is, is to educate people on how they can build a business, how they can build a runway as an individual that allows them to make that transition and then how to start uh, grow and then how to scale. And I think scaling as an individual business owner has never really been talked about, especially in light of freelance. Or you have a bunch of parents and grandparents who are all wondering how we're going to retire someday. You know, and so a lot of what we try to figure out is how can people look at a business of one in terms of growing, scaling, and then, you know, legacy. So I think those are kind of our three areas that I, I would see as our competitors. Your competitive edge, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, I think at this point uh, I have, and I think our listeners have a pretty good understanding of, of your uh, positioning in the market, how you go about it, who your ideal uh, clients are, the kind of uh, uh, freelancers that you want to attract in, how you solve problems, how you're different from your competition. So what I'd like to do with your permission is I'd like to kind of take you on a different journey, and that is uh, your journey as a businesswoman and how you uh, uh, came up with the idea, uh, how you've transitioned. Maybe you can give us an, a two or three examples of major milestone wins that you had. Maybe mm -hmm. there was one or two setbacks that you learned from. So kind of just start at the beginning or before the beginning, if you will. And then I'll, with your permission, jump in and ask a couple of clarifying questions as you go through your story. Yeah, absolutely. You can raise your hand when I start to ramble. It's no problem. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I mentioned I come out of kind of a traditional advertising background. So I went to school for art direction, graphic design. I come out of a small town in West Virginia. And so I really saw getting into advertising as like my way to, you know, get into the big city and see the world. Um, and it was great. So I, I worked in agencies for several years, uh, worked on several national accounts, you know, got to travel and I learned a ton. Um, agency life is very stressful. It can be pretty intense. It can be long hours. I think, I feel like almost all work full-time now is going, you know, the 40 hour work week is, is a nice, nice thing, you know, versus what is traditionally probably more like 60, 70, 80 hours. And so I think if I was in my mid twenties, I was just working a ton. That was my main focus was work and I'm going to work all the time. Um, and then I got into a, a year that I like to call, it's probably eight months. I call it my epic unraveling, you know, and up to that point, I was very, very much a planner, very type A from, you know, an athletic background as well. So I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work hard. I'm just going to achieve uh, ultimate greatness. And then in about eight months, I had a ton of personal things happen. Um, I, my mother got sick with a terminal illness. I, I got engaged, which was a good thing. Um, I was involved in a car accident with my then fiance, now, now husband, where we were hit by a car as pedestrians. And Ooh. then we got married. And then my, my husband's grandmother passed away. And then my father was in the hospital for about a month. Um, so this was all, this all happened in the course of probably about eight months. And so as you can imagine, any number of those things cause, causes you to pause. Um, but for me, you know, in the state of where I was with work being pretty much being my everything, um, I didn't have any margin built in my life to take a break and take care of my, you know, my family or make a transition. And so it caused a lot of like, just this friction, a friction point where I was like, wow, I, I need to stop, but I can't stop and I don't know how to stop. And so I kind of realized over the course of about a year, I was like, I need to adjust my priorities and how do I how do I make this work work when there's not space for me to have a life outside of it? You know, and that's, 
you know, that's just part of something we all kind of come into at some point, typically, you know, and I was newly married and I was like, well, I'd, li I'd like to have a family someday and possibly see them, you know, other than on the weekends and on holidays. So it, all of this kind of just started to snowball and I was like, I need to take a break. You know, my health wasn't doing well. And, and I kind of realized it really, it forced me for the first time to take a look at traditional work and be like, what, it seems like there's only one way to do this. And there's got to be other ways to make this work because I wanted, still wanted to do good work. I wanted to work with good clients. I still wanted to be relevant and, and create good campaigns. But I also wanted to like take care of myself, you know, see my, see my family. Um, I have a handicapped brother who I take care of. So all these things I needed to create space for. And that traditional model that I was coming out of wasn't working for me anymore. And so I made this transition to freelance. And I, I kind of felt like my eyes opened up and I was like, I've seen the lights, like it's possible, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of, of business ownership, right? That's the beauty of building your own business and creating your own playbook. And so over the course of several years of doing that, I was just like, this is freaking phenomenal. Everybody should know how to do this. Like everybody should know that they can go out and get their hair cut in the middle of the day and, you know, and build their own, build time around exercising and, and healthy choices. And so I started just doing a little bit of consulting on my own, just talking with other people who wanted to make this transition and helping them build pathways. And I, that's where I really saw such a massive need. I was like, there needs to be a system and a process that can eliminate and automate a lot of the back office stuff, a lot of the connective points to where me as an individual business owner can focus on doing the business and delivering the service and the relationship. And I'm not, I'm not uh, swamped with taxes and legal and fear and all that stuff. You know, and on the client side, I was like, clients, I knew that clients saw the value, but the lack of a system around freelancing and independent working made it really hard to implement with a big company. And so I was like, there needs to be something that I kind of call it like a soft place to land for people who are A, wanting to start a business, and then brands and companies who wanted to, you know, grow and scale and, and build out, you know, freelance teams and what we call like adaptive staffing teams. And so that's kind of, that's kind of how we, how we got started. So. Um... What were some of the major milestones, like your first, uh, your first key hire, uh, yeah. things like that? What were they? Um, I think my first milestone, my first milestone was I was working with a small agency brand here. I'm in North Carolina in Raleigh, and they're like, we really need this type of person. It was a great company. They're still around. We really need this type of person. And I had somebody who I was meeting with and talking with who was a, a wonderful designer, just really young. And I was like, she would be amazing there. And so I introduced them and then they played, they gave me a placement fee and I was like, that worked. And they were both so happy and they're still working together. It's been, you know, 10 years. And so just to see that connection and the value, I was like, this is amazing. Um, so that would be probably be one milestone. I was like, wow, someone's going to actually pay me for this as a service. And they're both receiving value. And it was a kind of a win, win, win across the board. Um, so that was the first one. I think another one is when we discovered this on deck service that I, I kind of mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And it, it came out of a relationship we had with the client. Um, they were wonderful. We were working a ton of jobs, but it was this, <laughs> it was this like constant churn of writing contracts. And it's because, you know, I, we started to build a business based on what we know, which is project-based working. You know, whenever you do a project, you have to do a scope, you have to do an estimate, you have to sign the contract, you have to get the contract passed through finance, make sure finance signs off on it, and then, you know, have to kick off and there you go. And that can be hours, that can be days. Traditionally, it's three days, three-ish to five days. And when we were having projects that were three or four hours, we realized we were in the hole before we started the project from a time, 
time standpoint. Um, and so just kind of building out our projections, I was like, we are going to be cannibalizing our time pretty quickly if we keep, keep this traditional model. And so we worked with that company, that, that client, to develop what essentially on deck became, which is I was like, we have to figure out a way that we can eliminate these things that are, you know, repeatable processes. Like, how can we just basically find, um, find ways to condense this down so that when we want to start a project, we're not having to, like, start over and do the contract and processing and things like that. And so building out on deck, we were able to scale that company from working with three freelancers to having a team of 26 people that were working with them regularly throughout the month. And they were a variety of skills, a variety of seniority levels. And they, they'd started out with a two person marketing team and we'd scaled them to a 26 person marketing team with essentially the cost that they paid probably on an annual basis of maybe two and a half full-time hires, but they had access to 26 people that they were working with regularly. So it was just, when it worked and kind of came together, it was just, again, another moment where like the heavens opened up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is now scalable. Um, and so after we kind of worked through that year right there, we slowly added, and I think we're up to 10 or 10 or 15 different clients who are working through our on-deck process. And it's quickly growing on our kind of revenue for us is growing up to 25, 30% of our revenue, super, super scalable. And then we're building a piece of software that'll make it a lot more um, simple and easier for our clients to run on the back end. So it's, that's very exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Thanks for sharing that story. Uh -huh. So have you had a couple uh, major setbacks or anything like that ever take, take place? Oh my gosh. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, I think just learning, learning the, the side of business that I didn't know. I mean, for me, I'm an English and art major. You know, it's, my parents were terrified and I was like, I'm going to double major in English and art. Um, but I think going through working in agencies, you know, you're working with businesses and brands all the time, but you're not as privy as a creative. I was a creative. You're not privy to the business side of what you're doing. Uh, and as a creative coming through traditional school, like they don't teach you the business of creative. They don't teach you why you're doing what you're doing when it comes down to like P&L sheets and numbers and that kind of stuff. And so for me, I really learned a lot of that just by trial and error, asking a lot of questions, you know looking dumb in those, in those conversations with uh, business meetups. And that was really hard, especially when you're starting out and you kind of feel a little bit, um, maybe a little bit fearful and kind of naive. So I'd say that was really hard. Um, I never missed paying taxes, which was good. I've had a couple of situations with just hiring where I, I'm not being as transparent and I think managing expectations as clearly, and that can hurt relationships. And for me, being a relationship person, like those are some of the hardest mistakes I've had to make and I've had to learn. Um, because I, I'm a people pleaser. I want everyone to be happy, but when you're, when you're not communicating clearly, then that's, that's where some of those mistakes can be made. So I would say that was, that, that's probably the biggest one. So, uh, uh, you mentioned communications a couple of times. So mm -hmm. how do you manage your business? What do you have a management team, Mari? Uh, what sort of roles? Give us some view of your organizational chart, if you will. Mm -hmm. So there are, there's four of us full time. Um, and then there's probably another, there's about another eight to 10 that are just regular contractors. So we drink our own Kool-Aid and we're like, yes, we're using freelancers. Um, and we're building systems around us. And a lot of what we do, um, you know, we do a lot of automation and, and not in a way that eliminates, that makes it robotic. We, we try to focus on the things that are repeatable, that can be automated so that we can focus primarily on relationships and that we can really scale. So we're, we're trying to figure out ways that we can scale pieces that would otherwise be overhead cost so that we can pass that cost or pass the, the revenue through to our freelancers because we pay them well, we pay them what they should be getting made, what they should be getting paid. And that's really important to us. 
So we have a team of, of four people internally and then another eight to 10 different contractors outside of that. And then of course we have our freelancers for about five to 600 right now. Um, we have used various forms of communication. We've used Slack a lot. Um, and we're also we're transitioning right now to building out a Discord server. Uh, and we use that to communicate a lot of just content as well. But then we also use that when we're building our teams, because our goal is really, we don't want to be the bottleneck for communication. Our goal is to connect a larger community in a way so that they can have conversations with each other. And we're not necessarily like talking down, you know, from a, from a, a pulpit anywhere. And so building out discord channels and these kind of commu communication platforms that are multi-sided is really important to us going forward. And so going forward, we're focusing on community building. We're focusing on a lot of content building and a lot of education tools and resources. Because so that's really, for me, that's the next big piece that's been missing um, from this community. So you kind of maybe touched on this a little bit, my next question. And that is, what is holding you, uh, your organization back right now? Um, there's only 24 hours in a day. <laughs> I think it's I think it's largely opportunity. I mean, for me, especially being a creative, I say that like a lot of us who work internally, we all have the shiny object syndrome, right? We're just like, oh, we could do this, and then we have you know we start adding things. And there's that that great quote: when you add too many things, you're just making ripples versus waves, right? And I think for me, I have a tendency to do that, and focus is really hard because I just I love going in a thousand directions, and I get so excited about new tools and resources. And so I think we can get in our way sometimes by trying to go after too many things. Um, and I have a, a team that also is very much big picture thinkers. And so we have to like, re really have to rein it in and kind of focus our energy down. So I would say focus is a big one for us. Um, and then there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things happening in the market. There's always a lot of noise happening, but I think post COVID, especially in independent working and staffing, uh, it's been pretty hectic. It's been pretty busy. And so we tend to we tend to kind of ebb and flow with marketing calendars uh, and creative calendars and production calendars. Um, but since, you know, after 2020, it's just been full on craziness. And so for us, it's like retaining focus when it gets busy can be tricky. So thank you very much for that. So uh, how can our listeners uh, contact you? You know, I'm sure there's potential freelancers that are listening. Yeah. And business owners that are listening and maybe you got one way to do it. Maybe there's multiple. So walk us through various people potentially listening, Amari, and how they would get a hold of you and your company. Yeah. Um, I'm on all the things. So I'm on LinkedIn uh, personally, and we are also on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, we are on, as far as social channels, we're on Instagram primarily. Uh, you can come to our website, which is weareuncompany.com and you can connect to us through there. We have a freelancer section, we have a client section to where you can kind of fill out the form at the bottom and that will, you know, get you into our system and we'll reach out to you and make a connection. Um, you can also email me, it's it's Mari, so it's M-A-A-R-I at weareuncompany.com. Um, any of those would be fine and we can direct you to the right the right spot. You know, we have, we have clients, people always ask kind of what our client size and our sweet spot is. And we have clients that are, I'd say, are growing startups. Um, and are just starting to build out a marketing team and work pretty flexibly with that. And then we have large brands, you know, where they have, they might have 15 to 20 different agencies that are working with them and we're helping fulfill a lot of their departments. So big brands like Lenovo is one of our clients do a lot of work with companies that size and then growing startups and sometimes even like early stage startups um, who are just looking to kind of start out. So we're all over the place. And as far as freelancers, um, you know, it's, it's always amazing. Now people think freelance, they think of design and copywriting, but it's across the board, it's everything. So it's really any skill within a creative marketing global agency. So it could be development, 
content creation, um, social media management, it could be research and strategy, it could be web development, any of those things, video production. So we're pretty, pretty diverse as far as skills and stuff under our group. Beautiful. So uh, can you think of a question that maybe you were waiting for me to ask you, Mari, and I didn't? And so what would that question be? And what would the answer to that unasked question be? Uh, that's a good, that's a good question about a question. Um, I think one of the things I've heard lately is people, people who are asking me, like, is it a good time to start a business or to start freelancing? You know, obviously the market's crazy and we don't know what's happening and the world's interesting. I, I think it's always a good time to look at building a business, um, whether you want to stay as an, as an individual one person business or grow to me, being a, being an independent business owner has been the greatest thing I've ever done because it allows me to change my business and experiment and run tests and try things on. And I'm adding a huge amount of value, not just the people that we work with and to our clients, but then also our staff, you know, so I think it's, I would say it's always interesting because especially in the recession and when things are changing, people are a little hesitant, but to me, that's like, especially as a freelancer, you're offering um, such flexibility to clients who are really looking for it. So I would say go for it. You know, to me, it's really, it allows you to build a life that you can both work and live in together. So that's always a question that comes up, especially recently. Yeah, they're good. Good. Thank you, teacher. Yeah. Thanks for the stimulus. Uh, So uh, thanks for being a beautiful, wonderful, insightful guest, Mari. I really appreciated it. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Thanks for joining me. So everybody, uh, in closing, let's focus on a single fact, and that is that our businesses do not become extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having the right mindset of a dedication to a system of management, and number three, leveraging high-performance teams. So thanks for listening. Mari, once again, thanks for sharing your time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you.